Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. It's a bit strange. In Penang, the audiences are extremely polite. They often watch shows like in complete silence. So if you go to the theatre, uh, and even when you do stand-up sometimes here, the audience will just listen. It's Tuesday, 10th September 2019. And while some of us are blessed with cities that have a large improv scene with multiple groups or even multiple theatres, some cities have barely anyone flying the flag for our art form. Today, you'll hear from three people from cities around the world, people who have been the only game in town. What's it like to be a performer in what is almost an improv void? I'm Leon Bukowski, and uh, I run an improv club out in Penang in Malaysia. Penang is like a beautiful uh, tropical island off the coast of Malaysia. It's Malaysia's second city. And our improv club, we run improv jams, and we do improv training, and then we do shows as well. And we've got like a really good mix of some locals, uh, some internationals, some Europeans, some Americans. So it's a really good uh, melting pot of different types of people. So flying across to Cape Town in South Africa now, where nearly 15 years ago, Eva Gilliam found herself with only a small number of improvisers to play with. Well, when I first moved to Cape Town in 2005, there was one improv troupe um, it was a theater sports group and uh, they had like workshops a couple times a year to get new members. And that was kind of it. Um, and I had done improv in the States for many, many years and I was looking for something and I didn't find anything. I let it go for a while. And then in 2012, when I came back from a year in Kenya, I Googled improv in Cape Town, hoping something else had appeared and in the interim, the long shots had developed, had been created. Um, and those are the only two games in town for like the next five years. And the long shots had a weekly drop-in on a Thursday night. And theater sports had a drop-in that would come and go. And then some sort of like intro classes that would come and go. So that was it. And we were all kind of teaching ourselves. Um, we were reading stuff online, getting games online. If anyone came through town who had any improv experience, we dragged them in and just 
tried to get as much out of them as we can. And if any of us went out and got some improv classes going, we would come back with copious notes and share them with our troupe. And I'm speaking specifically of the long shots. To Uppsala in Sweden. <laughs> Maximilian Hansen is founder and creative director of Mind Melt in Uppsala. He explains how his group came about. Yeah, we started, uh, we actually started about uh, roughly 10 years ago. Um, a few of us finished, uh, our, uh, finished school and we all went to theatre school and uh, we got together to do some improv and that just kind of evolved into becoming a group and, and uh, going from amateur to professional. Um, so, yeah, we always had that, but there weren't any, uh, aside from that, there weren't, uh, that many people uh, doing improv in Uppsala. So we were uh, pretty much alone. So you, were you the only people doing shows? Uh, not the only ones. There's, um, there is a culture within the student nations in Uppsala uh, to do improv. Um, so, so they do shows uh, and they, uh, they actually have a, a weekly drop-in that's been going on for years. Um, but that, that's not really... Public anyone's welcome, but it's it's if you're a student, you'll you'll know about it and hear about it. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been we've been fairly alone in doing shows, uh, and then and then the student nations will will put on shows as well. Um, what other kind of challenges have you had being kind of really the only kind of public game in town outside of outside of the students? I mean, we all have our own works on on the side uh, or for a long time we were students and 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 uh, so all of everyone in the group had something else to do as well so uh, obviously time was a, a time budget was a was a challenge um especially when we wanted to go from being more amateurs to more professionals um and so getting having time to get the word out there um and having people believing in us, uh, so they would want to <laughs> want to hire a show, uh, was uh, th- that took some time as well. Uh, but but now once that started going, things uh, yeah they snowball a little bit. Back on the island of Penang, Leon's improv group is the only game in town. That's right. Yeah, we're the we're the only one in Penang. Um, so. In Penang, so I came here three years ago, and there was no, there was the only sort of like there was a tiny little bit of stand up, and that was really um, like one offs. They had we we have one of our members used to say he was the only uh, stand up in Penang, which was true till about three years ago. Uh, but now we've got some stand-up nights and we're starting to have improv. But yeah, we were, we are now the only one. And for years, there was nothing here really. So um, what was the point when you decided, yeah, Penang needs improv? <laughs> well, uh, I came here for a job anyway, so I was already coming here. And uh, what happened was I came and I was looking for, to join someone. I wasn't looking to start one up. I was looking to join. Uh, and then I found there wasn't any. And so I decided, well, I could just uh, just leave it there or we could try and start up my, my own one. And it's been uh, fantastically well received. We have a really sort of uh, wonderful little community going now um, inside Penang. And it's like, uh, it's great. It's good to see something from absolutely nothing 
beginning to become something that's really sort of really getting a hold on the island. It's really good. So how long uh, how long did it actually take you to establish a team? Because if nobody's done it before, presumably you've got to find people who want to do it and then actually train them in what improv is. Yeah, so we had, we had a so at the start we sort of um, linked in with uh, the local amateur dramatics. So they had amateur dramatics here, and Penang is wonderful. It's got it's got quite a good art scene. So there's loads of art things going on. It's got quite a good traditional sort of theatre. They've got like a wonderful sort of art centre, and that tended to do traditional art. So there were actors here. Um, but there wasn't any improv. So when we started off, we had a sort of a mixed group of people. And then they sort of came to us. And as word of mouth went out, we sort of saying, we sort of saw other people come and join us. But yeah, we had to basically start from nothing and start training. And then um, as we sort of started growing, we started doing shows and they became extremely popular. So I think it, it sort of snowballs. You start off, you start training, you do a show, people come along to the show, they get interested, they come along to training and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's really how it grows. It, it's kind of, uh, it was reasonably slow at the start, but now it's, now it's really sort of almost getting a life of its own now, I think. Max in Uppsala found a great way of spreading the word and growing his scene. A few years ago, we, we, we started putting on our own uh, festival, uh, Sweden International Improv Festival. Um, and that was that helped a lot, I think, in getting getting uh, other audiences uh, to come and experience improv, um, giving them the opportunity to see a lot of different improv. Um, I, I think that was that was hard for the audiences to say no to, even if they weren't really sure what improv was. Um, so now it's it's definitely a lot easier now. And the community has has grown obviously these these past ten years that I've been active, um, so and that's that's where I really like the community getting bigger because that that's something I I'm a bit jealous of in Stockholm that there's there seems to be such a big community of people liking improv. Eva Gilliam helped grow the Cape Town scene exactly the same way. Eva is founder of the Mama City Improv Festival. But the, the festival came out of the dire need of, of wanting some new information and needing some teachers um, and wanting to like spread it as much as possible. So the, the Lusty Mannequins in Toronto wrote us saying, we'd like to come to Cape Town. Would you be interested in paying for some workshops and we can get a flight or paying for the flight and we'll do some workshops? And um, I was like, well... I don't, I don't know that we could pay for your trip to come over and just teach us, but why don't we get you over here and let's get everybody we possibly can to come learn from you in the hopes that we can then take it to the next step. And then it became the festival and now we're going on our fourth year. And it is just doing that has, we've quadrupled our community in the last couple of years Max thinks the festival had a real impact on how his improv group was perceived in Uppsala. I, I, I would say it did a big difference. Um, I mean, now it, it, it's been a few years, of course, so my memory is, <laughs> isn't, isn't the best. But um, when I look back at it, uh, it seemed so obvious that we were going to put on a, a, a festival. Um, when we took the decision, I, I early that year, I'd, I'd been to Finland in, uh, in Tampere for their festival, 
and just had a great time. Like, fuck, we, we need to have this in, in Uppsala. Um, so at that point, I didn't have any ideas that uh, maybe we should be <laughs> more, uh, like maybe, maybe people should know about us more. Um, but so, yeah, we just decided to put it on. And, um, and I think that made people look at us as more professional that you can put on an international festival if you're amateurs. And I wouldn't say we were amateurs at the time, but that might've been what people perceived us, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, when, when we put it on, it, it definitely felt like if there were anyone doubting, uh, they sort of changed their minds like, oh, wow, you, you put on this international festival. That's that's amazing. That's really cool. So what's next for Leon on the improv scene in Penang? So um, we've, we're just moving uh, our, our sort of uh, performance area. So we were in a, like a sort of a, a little old theatre, which was really nice. And now we're moving to like a secret bar, which is, which is going to be sort of a big move for us in sort of the main sort of area in town. And then we're sort of more and more doing like shows and sort of, as the word sort of grows, we do like charity events and things. So I think probably what will happen is that we'll we'll keep growing. We will probably start, we've already moved to a slightly bigger venue. We might in the future move to a bigger venue, but I think more and more we might start doing um, charity gigs or sort of bigger events. And I think that's probably what will happen. It might well start growing and growing or continue to grow and grow. I think I think that's the way I see it because as on sort of at the same time as the improv in this on the island growing, the stand up is growing as well. So there's more and more stand up venues sort of starting. There's not a dedicated place, but there are dedicated nights now. So I think generally the whole island is getting used to this idea of comedy and the audience therefore now that they can see what comedy is are starting to go out and looking for it and i think just simultaneously as as us and other groups are sort of growing stand-up and uh, sort of open mic nights and all kinds of other things as well i think we'll sort of start we'll continue to grow i think um and we have we've got all kinds of links to the sort of the local theaters and stuff and it might be that we eventually try a big showcase at one of the big theatres but yeah the way I can see it is we'll probably keep growing um, and we've got the sort of core of of really committed members that are really sort of are constantly helping us and doing all kinds of volunteering to spread the word so I think uh, as far as I can see it's going to grow and grow and grow um, and we might even possibly start doing things like um at the shows at the minute are all in english but we might well do different language shows we might do bahasa which is the local language we might even do mandarin which again is another local language we could even we've got some sort of europeans we could do some kind of uh, german or something so we might look at doing that as well which is always which is always interesting to see again another different kind of culture and what they find um amusing and what they're interested in uh, is often different to what you might think of yourself next time on the improv chronicle podcast in musical improv there are improvisers who perform but who aren't actors on stage you're going to hear from the musicians who've become musical improvisers what skills does an improv musician need to make a show work and how much do they need to understand what the other improvisers are doing on stage Huge thanks this episode to all the participants from around the world who gave such incredible insights. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. 
Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app. And if you've an idea for a possible episode, get in touch via our website, improvchronicle.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.